Welcome to Tart Club. Turgid Tomes is a wanton book club where we get together every other Wednesday to eat, drink, and discuss the latest romantical read. If you happened upon this podcast and don't like the F word or boners, now's your chance to GTFO. This is your official explicit content warning. This podcast is highly inappropriate and listener discretion is advised. You know, I'm trying to make it through my TBR before I pass away <laughs> or most of it at least you know maybe I don't know lofty goals <laughs> greetings fellow tarts Ashley here head hussy in charge we are gearing up for another month of retellings starting with House of Salt and Sorrows by Erin A. Craig and we have Danny back with us to discuss hi Danny hello hello hey so we spoke, I think, last week, and you were reading something else. You're you're doing some side reading. I am. What was the book what, again? Um, this one is. Oh fuck! Where is it? It's the it's the uh, Shadow and Bone author, right? Yeah, Lee Bardugo. Okay. I probably said her name wrong. So oh, I'm is sorry. it Ninth Ninth House or something? It's like a black cover. I think it's like yeah. something like Ninth House. Yeah. It's are you liking it? Yeah. So okay. I'm I'm still like I kinda had to put it on hold so I can listen to the book we we're covering yeah. more. Um, but so far it's interesting. You know, there's like some secret societies, uh, a girl who can see ghosts oh. and like um it's like from her perspective and then his perspective. So like it goes back and forth, which is kinda cool. Um, I'm liking it a lot better than the book that I previously read uh, right before that. <laughs> what was that? The A Little Night Magic. Oh, that's right. Was it a book sale book? Yes. Yep. So first of all, I'm glad I only paid a dollar fifty for it. <laughs> and like, you know, it's I figured it would be an easy read. Like it wasn't a huge yeah. book, right? So it's like, oh, this will be like a cute little romance book, like with some some witchiness and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh my god it was so I don't even okay I'll do a short summary ordinary girl <laughs> finds out that she has powers and this like lady who is not not magic herself but is like a conduit so she's like going around stealing people's magic comes into town tries to steal her magic because she's so powerful even though the only thing she can currently do is just like turn ordinary objects into like she she turned like a mug into like a little rabbit and it would like hop around her room like so like we never even first of all we never even got to like the full extent of her potential like she did some powerful stuff at the end but like Mm. not a lot and then like this whole like will she won't she with the guy that she was with got dragged out really long until like the very end then there was this trope with the like homely best friend who has a crush on like this guy but he chooses one of the other prettier friends so she ends up like joining the dark side with the bad witch lady and it's like okay it It just like I don't know it was okay I kind of felt bad because I was like this book fucking sucks and then I read the end and it's like oh thank you for everyone who supported me I don't know if she was like going through a divorce or something but like obviously a hardship in her life and this book was like her way out of that hardship and like she was really proud of it so it's like I've never wrote a book yeah good for her for like getting something published but I was like oh yeah 
it, it, you know it left it, a lot to be desired yeah and that's fine like it's you know everything's not for everyone to each their yeah. own that's what I always say like, like I said it was an it was an easy read it was, yeah. it was pleasant enough but like I just wanted more but then yeah. I think this book that I'm reading now has so much detail it's like okay I may have like hard corrected <laughs> but my friend at work um she really liked it and so I'm excited to read it let's get into drinks Danny what drink did you pick to go with this book say currently i'm drinking water because this book just talks about salt so much it made me thirsty (laughs) it reminded me of um middle school when we read holes like they just talked yeah like that book it just talked about how hot and dry everything was like i was just like i'm sorry uh can i go get some water from the water fountain like i am parched so that was me reading this book but i will say um i didn't buy it but I've had it before dogfish head has this like sea quench ale or something or it's like a sour beer or whatever but it basically tastes like you're drinking salt water oh, or like dear. sea like sea water and it's like oh that would be the perfect drink to pair with this book because of all the fucking salt that's in it um so oh, I'll send you a picture I took a picture of it at Publix today that's like oh they have it in stock I'm not gonna buy it because it's fucking disgusting uh, sorry dogfish yeah, no, head don't, don't do it don't do it 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 just tastes like salt water yeah I I I would not 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 in this weather not in this state no um what did you pick for it to pair I'm gonna go for a salt rimmed margarita nice yeah, it's refreshing. It's got all the salt. I like margaritas. Why not? It's it's just an excuse to get a good margarita. Because seriously, this book was salty AF. Just salt, salt. Yeah. And for the snack, you know those little turtle candies? Yes. The Brock's tur- <laughs> yes. uh, pecan turtles or whatever. Yes. So I've, I don't know if I've ever had them before, but I'm like, okay, I'll just get turtle candies because there's a lot of stuff about sea turtles in the book as well like they're always around so i was like okay you know turtles salty ass margarita perfect there we go when i worked at Publix, um we had like a brock's candy station and like you could buy like put candy in the bags and buy it that way or they had like a little container where if you put in a quarter you could just get three pieces of candy for a quarter and it was like on the honor system so i used to like put in a quarter and get like three chocolate turtles like from Publix and the brock's section that's my story about chocolate turtles that didn't relate to anything um they are delicious you should have some okay let's talk a little bit about the author Erin a craig is a new york times bestseller and has always loved telling stories after getting her bfa from university of michigan in theater design and production she stage managed tragic operas with hunchbacks seances and murderous clowns then she decided she wanted to write books that were just as spooky yeah as always you know came from goodreads i feel like i've forgotten to mention like i get my author info from goodreads every time it just goes unspoken at this point yeah okay before we're gonna do it a little differently because this is a retelling so before we get to the book report i'm gonna do a little rundown of the story that this is based off of or inspired by oh cool house of salt and sorrows is a retelling of 
The Twelve Dancing Princesses, which is a fairy tale in the Brothers Grimm collection. Brothers Grimm, you already know it's going to be messed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be dark. Did Um, their feet fall off? Like, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Basically, 12 princesses go to sleep every night, but every morning their shoes are worn out and no one can figure out why. So the girls, they refuse to snitch. So the king offers to give one of his daughters away, like that's reasonable, to the man who can figure it out in three days and whoever fails dies. Hmm. So there's the brother's grip there. Yeah. Yeah. Casual. High stakes. Yeah. An old soldier gets tips and an invisibility cloak from some old woman and pretends to fall asleep, but follows the princesses under the cloak and gets evidence. So it turns out the girls are traveling through a trap door in their bedroom floor and sneaking off to a castle to dance until dawn with i guess 12 princes yeah they're all matched up the old soldier brings his findings to the king and chooses the eldest daughter because he's still an old fart it's still gross and becomes heir trash oh and the 12 princes are cursed for dancing with the princesses that's the gist okay all right now we're gonna get into the book report Danny, how would you summarize this book? Bad girl falls in love with mysterious guy who coincidentally shows up when more of her sisters start dying. Between the brilliant balls, ghostly encounters, and odd family dynamics, who can figure out where this mystery is going? Yeah. How did you summarize it? A retelling of the 12 dancing princesses from the Brothers Grimm. Anna Lee is a cursed middle child, wondering why her sisters keep dying. So she wants to go full Nancy Drew, but gets distracted dancing her nights away with what's left of her sisters and blowing out their shoes every night. She eventually gets back on track and reveals the curse that is killing her sisters. Oh, and of course, there's a mysterious Hawkeye. Yep. Yep. Quotes. I forget where this was in the story but it's nights like this were meant to be shared remembered and talked about for years skies like this were meant to be kissed under i thought that was very nice it's a lot of good word like imagery in here yeah i agree like i like it like it really put you in the story i feel like when she was taught like when they first got to the area and she's like oh it feels like autumn i mean obviously she said it more eloquently than that but it was like Oh, I can smell it. I can smell what she's describing. Yeah. Do you have any? I'm pretty sure. I think this is the first line of the book. Or it's within the first chapter. Um, They're at her sister. Uh, Oh, God. I can't. Lily? No. I can't remember the sister that dies at the beginning of the book. Her name. It's not Laura. Oh, Eulalie. Eulalie. Or Eulalie. Eulalie. Um, Okay. We are born of the salt, we live by the salt, and to the salt we return. I don't know. I feel like it's a perfect sentence. It sets the whole vibe of the book right off the bat. You're like, okay, got it. I don't quite recall who says this. I think it might be Cassius, or it's either Cassius or Annalie that says this. It shouldn't matter what your parents did, just what you do as a person. Yeah, that was a good one. Because, you know, them, them shitty them shitty parents be striking again. There was something else. Where, did they get, like, some kind of invite or something? There was, like, some kind of, like, word play where it was rhyming. And the end of it was, like, come as you want. Not, like, come as you are. Or don't come as you are, but how you want to be seen or something. 
Do you remember what part that's from? Oh yeah, it's um, it's the invite to the ball. Yes, it's what it says on the invite to the ball. Uh, but I I thought that was very clever because it's like I feel like that's kind of the whole thing where it's like they want to go to a place where people don't know that they're cursed but also like everything that they're seeing isn't necessarily what it seems so it's like you're seeing what Mm -hmm. someone else wants you to see not what it actually is which is that creepy old crying bitch (laughs) all right i got it come not as you are but as you wish to be seen yeah okay i'm dumb and (laughs) but we thought we were recording for like 30 or so minutes uh but we were not take two (laughs) take two okay Okay. what was your favorite part oh god I forgot I put this when Morella died (laughs) I forget what I said before um but in this go around uh I'm looking back thinking I must really not have liked her I think I was kind of like over (laughs) her whole like sad villain story there were so many red herrings. I was like, all right, I'm like over this now. Because <laughs> to me, the real villains were like the the tricksters and everything. Yeah. What was your favorite part? The cover is gorgeous. Yeah. The setting and the atmosphere, how the author was able to set up just all the tension, the dread was really good. It's the 12 Dancing Princesses. So they end up going to... Um, this ball in a different realm somehow through a door and everything's all oh it's beautiful and gold and shiny and then but really at one point the veil is lifted for Annalie and she sees the like the punch table there's like fish scales in the punch and there's just all these creepy crawlies and gross shit it was it was gross which you know was the point it really set the scene yeah it really set the tone of like this is creepy but I like it. Yeah. The part where Anna Lee walks in on her in on her sisters when they're supposed to be asleep and they're all dancing with themselves. So they're supposed to be asleep, but to them, they're at the ball dancing. So she walks into her sister's rooms and they're all just up in the middle of the room dancing by themselves. And like dipping in the middle of the air on their own and stuff. And just it looks weird and contorted because they're not actually dancing with anybody. Right. Like when they dip low and they're on their tippy toes and there's no one to hold them in that position. I would pee my pants if I walked in on that. Yeah, that was awesome. I was like, this is this is really good. I like this a lot. I'm a fan. Yeah. You're just like, I'm not going to lie. Like. Lisa sleepwalks and sleep talks and if I walk if I stay the night at her house or she stayed the night I love you Lisa if she stayed the <laughs> night at my house and started doing that shit I'd be like I'm just gonna shut the door and put I a chair it. and just she'll go to sleep eventually yeah. doing a drill team routine in the street I always forget about that our little dancer <laughs> yeah speaking of Morella when Camille just starts beating her ass with a stick as she's actively giving birth. Yes. I mean. She was not holding back. Which sounds so bad when you say that out loud in a sentence. Like, yeah, she's beating this pregnant woman's ass as she's giving birth. And it's like, no, you got to read it. He had to have been there. She's the worst. 
but that was one of the few times that I was like hell yeah Camille love it yeah because there was um I think it was like after the roof got hit by lightning and the house caught on fire and you know like Morel is just bleeding out at this point and Camille goes to leave and I think Annalie is like well we can't just leave her and Camille was like she would leave us like yeah we can <laughs> like fuck that bitch speaking facts yeah one of the few times she was tolerable it's fine okay least favorite part oh it was um i think it was like one of the final balls that annalee went to where like you were saying how there was the table with all like the snacks and punch bowls and stuff <laughs> and like she went when she went up to it she realized it was yeah rotting fish and like there were scales and blood or whatever in the punch bowl and then like you know she has the thing with the turtles and so there's this like huge sea turtle on the table and it starts moving and she's like oh my god I gotta save this turtle just kidding it's dead and the reason why it's moving is because it's filled with maggots and then it falls onto the floor and like there's maggots everywhere and I wanted to vomit um because the details were that good (laughs) It's like this is fucking gross. Yeah, it was it was so detailed you could literally like see it and almost taste it, which was really terrible, but very well done. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, you're thirsty the whole time because you're just picturing salt everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, start smelling dead fish because the, the imagery is very effective. Ugh. Um, okay. What was your least favorite part? The pacing was awful. It, it was just terrible. So I guess if I were to explain it, it, it'd be, there's so many unnecessary details about Annalie and her sister's uh, part of their childhoods and growing up that's always talked, kind of thrown in there. And it doesn't really move the story forward. It just kind of lets you know, oh, hey. And I, I think it's meant to get us and more attached to the sisters so that we care if they die or not but it was very touch and go it was very off-putting so it would start getting into action creepy stuff would start happening and you're like okay here we go into it love it and then all of a sudden it it just drops off again and it's talking about like family history or de- unnecessary details about something and then you just kind of you get bored but then yeah. it gets then it goes back and then you're back in it and you're like okay awesome love it then here we go again with boring shit and it just kind of it went like that especially in the middle part of the book it oof, it was pretty brutal and it's just so it's so unfortunate because the other parts of the book were so well done this easily could have been a five star read but yeah it, there were just like the pacing was off the romance was very insta lovey underdeveloped well yeah because that was that was like my issue with it is like first it kind of felt like we were going into a ghost story which I was Mm -hmm. like all about and then like yeah um then obviously there's like a deeper thing going on at play of like you know the like you find about the tricksters that they're interfering with her family and everything so are they demons like the one guy's like a dude they're like demigods right that's the other thing okay so towards the end there's the big reveal of who the villains are now there's tons of red herrings you already know something's up with morella from the get-go she's the stepmom you already know she's up to something right so 
there's that and then there's the red herring of fisher who's like the childhood friend who moved away to like be the keeper of the lighthouse with his dad and then he he's kind of like Annalie's childhood crush and he comes back and there's like little red herrings with him like he doesn't remember a story from their childhood and you're kind of like ah but then you find out he's been dead the whole time and you feel kind of bad (laughs) (laughs) oops sorry um so you're thinking okay okay well who is it well when it finally gets to that point it's supposed to be a trickster god that morella the stepmom has made a deal with so that she could be uh the duchess and her child's gonna be you know lord of the land or whatever but then morella thought wrong because on this island the daughters are allowed to inherit so yeah it doesn't matter the sex it's just the oldest child yeah and there's eight girls left of the 12 so Morella's gonna have to like kill all eight of them in order for her son to be the heir so we probably haven't talked about okay we gotta go the love interest Cassius he's a mystery he's another red herring he's just like this this super hot guy that she runs into and it's like okay oh this this hot mysterious guy shows up on the docks and it's just kind of insta lovey from that point because they only actually meet and talk not even maybe a handful of times right because one of them she's at the ball and she thinks it's him but (laughs) we find out that the balls weren't really real so he wasn't really there so one of the encounters that they have Mm -hmm. didn't even happen yeah it wasn't even she's just like in in love with them like out of nowhere i think she's in love with the idea of him but then (laughs) So I listened to this as an audiobook and I'm, you know, I'm cooking my dinner and then all of a sudden it gets to a point and it's towards the end when the, the villains have been revealed. And one of the villains is Cassius. It's like, he's a demigod somehow. I don't fucking remember. He's some sort of demigod and his aunt is some sort of like goddess or demon or something. I'm sure there's people screaming right now, listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so his aunt is evil and she's helping the trickster god. Because he likes drama, basically, yeah. <laughs> is what I got from it. He could have just made a deal, but to give it a little spiciness, he's mm-hmm. like, why don't you go in and make things interesting for me? Thanks, Which... babe. Pats her on the butt and then she goes and fucks with people's dreams. Yeah, I don't remember what her motivation was. So basically, she's like, she's altering their versions of reality. Like she's messing with their dreams, but then also their reality, she's making them see and believe things that aren't happening. Yeah. So they're kind of, they're hallucinating and whatnot. And like Um, kind of going mad in a way. Cause like, there's a point where she's really questioning her reality and it's like, wait, now I have to think if I was paying attention when I was listening. (laughs) You know, when you're just like driving, it's like, uh, oh yeah, I'm listening to a book. Wait, what? (laughs) rewind so yeah all that happened which kind of goes with the whole what we were talking about before what the hell is going on when there's finally the villain reveal and there's like a bajillion of them and you're like wait okay what so i'm cooking dinner (laughs) imagine she's only had a handful of meetings not even because one of them wasn't even real uh with this with her dreamboat guy who she's literally like a couple pages ago is thinking that he's killed her sister's and shit and then all of a sudden that what was the line they're telling each other you're my whole world what 
well, set me no. free just like you set the turtles free <laughs> oh my god i feel bad for the turtles in this i know none of them like only one group of turtles had a good fate right there like, was one that of... one scene where she's in the rowboat with fisher and the squids eating the turtle and then like yeah. the, the maggot turtle yeah i was like okay i thought we cared about the turtles um apparently not Right. So, like, if they, like, instead of making us care about the sisters so much, that sounds terrible to say, instead of imparting all these details about, like, their history, like, of them dying and everything, like, maybe go more into, like, the gods and the demigods and the role that they actually play with the different groups of people. Because, obviously, like, they rely on Pontus a lot. Is he a real guy walking around? Because it seems like some of them can uh cassius's mom is like the goddess of like the stars or like the night sky or something right like she grants wishes and shit that's his mom i don't i can't even remember (laughs) i just i know that he's some type of demigod so obviously one of his parents has to be some type of god and then his aunt is something as well see that and that this goes with the pacing as well all that chunk in the middle that really had no purpose didn't further the story so by the time we get to the end and it's just kind of surprise like all all of this information is just dumped on you and you're yeah, like you're, this whole history with the dad's yeah. sister marrying the other guy but then dying and it's like we just found out about this guy why does this matter now yeah it was just kind of like this is very this is chaotic and not necessarily in a good way it was just a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the villain reveal of the aunt when she's all shedding Fisher's body. And yeah, it was we'll super, ugh, super creepy. But like by the time you get to the end and all these villains all of a sudden are revealed after all these red herrings, you're kind of like, what? Yeah, okay. it felt rushed at the end. Yeah. And you don't really get the full rundown of it. It's just very like info dump, info dump, info dump. It's like this. Th- no. I don't like it. Yeah. What the fuck moment? They found Fisher's dead body. Sorry, Fisher. You know, because like this whole time I'm thinking like, oh, here we go. Lonely boy gets his, gets rejected by his best friend. And like now he can't fucking deal. And he's going to like try and make her jealous with her sister. But she obviously doesn't care because she's in love with this other guy. And then um, turns out that uh cassius's aunt was making everyone think that fisher was still alive and participating in these balls and he's actually dead and the reveal is they come across his corpse at the what the lighthouse big mod or whatever her trucker name is like (laughs) she he's like really decayed at this point and then all of a sudden the nightmare uh crying woman that's what they refer to her as, the crying oh, yeah. woman. The aunt yeah. is the crying woman, yes, okay. So she starts coming out of his body, and it's just like, it's such a revolting description. <sighs> it's just like, what the fuck is happening? It just reminded me of, um, you said last time you had watched Lovecraft Country. So yes. like when the, like the body like just kind of falls off of them in pieces and stuff, it's just like really gross. So I was kind of picturing something like that, but with like more of a dead body, and it was like, but. <laughs> I don't I mean I had to watch it and I was not I was like oh this is really oh 
Well, and this part got me too because so this was when they went to the lighthouse. This is before. No, hold on. They went to the lighthouse. Okay, so this is after like she had this whole big question on her reality, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's that point where she goes to the family and they're like, "You're crazy." Fisher's been dead this whole time like he got in a bad accident and he's gone now and you're upsetting everyone by saying he's alive and then you know fast forward she finds his dead body and then after everything goes down she realizes oh fuck no one knows that Fisher's dead except for me yeah that was so shitty it's like god damn everything that this poor girl's been through and like now she's kind of had to grieve ungrieve and then re-grieve her childhood best friend mm-hmm. just to turn around and be like sorry guys like he's actually not yeah. here anymore <laughs> poor fisher just had his character um, slandered the whole time i know everyone thinks he's the villain but really he's just been dead in a lighthouse the whole time He's like, I am a really nice guy. I'm just dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your what the fuck moment? Why was the scene of Annalie walking in on him having sex with Morella necessary? Like it felt unnecessary. I mean, if the author's going for making us uncomfortable and making us cringe, then yeah, I guess mission accomplished. But it just seemed weird, although you could argue that that might have been the starting point of something's up with the dad. His daughter is freaking out because she saw, she like hallucinated a bunch of moths in a room and she's terrified and he's just pissed that he he gets interrupted boinking Morella and he has to go out there. That's fair, but your kid is clearly scared and something's going on and like and oh, then, this child's such a problem red flags when your dad all of a sudden brings home a hot new wife mm-hmm. you know because i'll be honest like morella seems not that bad like you know she comes in and it's like first of all the story the story starts off really grim with the sister's funeral yeah and then like it's really set in the tone everything's like really macabre and melancholy salts everywhere there's pillars of salt they're sitting on salt couches crying crying tears of salt (laughs) (laughs) and morella is just like i know you guys are sad but what if you just stop being sad and live your life and they're like we're we're not those kind of people I don't know if you saw the salt everywhere, but we like to be salty and sad. Yeah. And she's like, okay, but what if (laughs) I was pregnant and then you didn't have to be sad about your dead sisters anymore? And it's just like, I can see where she's trying to be helpful. She really does, you know, like when's the last time they got new dresses, right? Like half of most of them weren't even like out in society yet because they're just, they keep mourning, but that's just like the way of their people. And like, the islanders are very set in their ways so like when they see them all wearing like not black like what the fuck like why aren't they sad anymore oh there was some major offense yeah you know like i was kind of rooting for morella a little bit in the beginning but then it's you start to wonder it's well 
where like how did this come like that was in my mind the whole time of like how did they end up with her like how did this come to be it just felt so random and and then you find out like yeah you know she was what their governess or oh yeah we didn't touch on that oh shit all right kick it off tell us the story of Morella. so was she the governess right yeah she well she was the governess i think or a nurse or something yeah something to do with the family she was in the household staff yes yeah and then like the mom got sick and the dad was like low-key fucking morella on the side and then she was just like what if i could be his boo all the time and i'll just slowly poison the mom and give her a humane death and then i'll become the new mom and had this whole plan so she kills the mom and then orton's like that was nice anyway shows up in the town with like this you know well, they don't even like say what the situation is well okay so she's uh she smothers their mom and then she thinks okay here we are my time to try which also i take a i take what she says with a grain of salt about the dad oh yeah he was so into me we were totally <laughs> fucking and you're like it's really just lonely yeah so allegedly he was he was getting it on with morella as his wife lie dying which is you know not not a good uh not a good i don't want to say character reference (laughs) so morella is like oh yeah he's so into me and he loves me and we're gonna get married and who knows how much of this was him leading her on and who knows how much of it yeah and how much of it was her in her own head convincing herself so they um so she smothers the mom and you know they've been having their little fling supposedly and she's thinking okay my time to shine and then five years go by that's what happened she's like he made me wait five years and she was bitching about waiting five years oh so that's when like she runs into him in town Mm -hmm. he's got a new woman on his arm and she's Uh like what the fuck i did all this work and lied and wait had my little candle in the window and and then he just like up and chooses someone else so then that's when she makes the deal Mm -hmm. because what she says is I want to be with Orton and I want to have a son, right? Like mm-hmm. she doesn't go into details, which we find out later, as we always do when yeah. you make a deal with the devil, the <laughs> devil's in the details. When do we learn to be specific with our wishes? Right. Yeah. Morella is not that smart. No. Not so that basically, smart. trigger warning her baby's born, stillborn, and then she gives birth to um, a demon. A demon. And Orton dies with the the baby in the fire, I'm pretty sure. And she gets disintegrated by the... Yeah, so it's, um, so back when we were talking about the house by Camille just beating the shit out of Morella and... And then it's so funny because Annalise like, well, hold, okay, stop. And then she grabs it and then she starts threatening to beat Morella's ass with the stick. It was great. It was it was a real it was a real great scene. Um, real quality work there. So the house catches fire, and that's why Camille's that's when Morella's like, you can't just leave me. And then Camille's like, uh the absolutely we can. You killed our mom. Yeah. You know? 
you fucked over our dad you, you killed our fucking sisters fuck you lady so the how the the castle or the house whatever it is it catches fire pretty much the, the majority of the place or the whole place burns down and the dad and the son dies with the dad and i think the sisters all make it out um with like whatever staff is remain i want to say like all yeah. the sisters and staff make it out yeah or the majority of the staff that like most people like most everyone makes it out except for like the dad the baby morella which you know at that point you're like girl you knew how this was gonna end right because like you know it's like the dad the dad seemed okay and then towards the end it was like "Mm," like kind of fuck orton and then like morella was okay but okay like girl like we've all been there we've all had our hearts stomped on by a fuck boy but like you don't ruin someone's family over it like they they didn't deserve he's not worth that no and it's like you have to feel so bad for annalee and her sisters because it's like we knew this woman and we didn't remember her and we just like played right into her fucking hand and like just you know because they were all younger grieving their mom i'm sure they weren't and then like five years goes by think about how much people can change in that time yeah so and then some of the girls probably don't even remember their mom yeah they're so young so they're just you know but yeah it was just oh god so with morella it's basically you know the dad dad fucked around a little bit and he found out she was uh not one he should have fucked around a little bit with yeah well and he he should have looked out for those red flags too himself he's a grown-up man he should have known better yeah any Um, other red flags well it's funny because i think initially when i was writing this i was gonna put like some red flags that fisher did but then i was like well it wasn't even him because he was actually dead so you're like ah okay let's (laughs) i don't really want to shit on fisher because it wasn't really fisher poor lad put salt in the wound yeah <laughs> although it would be very on brand for the story i just want to let the listeners know that this is the upgraded version because we didn't have nearly as many uh salt related puns last time salt 2.0 yes um, um what uh red flags did you have uh being a stepmother in a fairy tale step parent really but especially stepmothers they uh... yeah that never ends well yeah typically not Okay, so the way they were getting to these balls, let me, I gotta, I gotta do some context here. Someone, fake Fisher mentioned, oh, I hear there are these god doors or something, like doors to other realms, and you can go in and, you know, see all kinds of cool shit, whatever. Well, they find a door, they go through it to get to the ball, the castle where the ball's at, and then they party all night, and that's how their shoes are getting fucked up. Now, these doors are secret. Like, no one else is supposed to know that this door is here, this door they're using. So it would definitely be a red flag if this hot, mysterious guy showed up not that long ago. And then all of a sudden, you've you've talked to him, like, once or twice, maybe. And then all of a sudden, he's at this secret ball that's in a secret place that you can only get to through a secret door. I don't know. I think that... (laughs) I think that counts as maybe a little stalkery red flag there. A little suspicious. And, and and knows things about you that you would have to like really think about why he would know that information. Exactly. I guess when he was at the ball, I don't think he ever actually went to the ball. He was only there that one time. And then he wasn't there for a while, remember? I don't think 
never went because the whole thing was like he was supposed to follow her and like see what was up with this ball. Yeah, and he, he could, couldn't okay. because there was no door. Plot twist: there was no door. Oh no, so... it was Pontus's door. It was like his door. Yeah. Right. I d- I don't know. I don't think there was a, there ended up being a door because I think when he went to get in because she told him how where the door was and everything there was no door because they yeah. were all halluc- and that's oh that's right yeah that's when he found her asleep dancing. You so, just imagine oh. you're Cassius. You're like, okay, we're gonna go to this ball, and you're just hanging out, waiting, and like, where the fuck is this girl? And then you go up to her room, and she's asleep. <laughs> I guess she was dancing when he went in there. Even more creepy. I know, right? I, I mean, I, I would think that Anna Lee is a giant red flag to Cassius. Yeah, like this girl said she was gonna invite me to a ball, and she's just fucking dancing in her room. Like, this is a lot. And then you find all her creepy sleep dancing sisters. Like, the, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. But again, but then like, it's his aunt. His aunt's fucking around. So, you know. But he was never like, this seems like some weird shit that my aunt likes to do. Right. Like, it never crossed his mind. Like, this girl I like and her sisters are all sleep dancing. I think I know what this is. I think he only knew that, like, a deal was made with the trickster, right? Did they know yeah. at that point? I think they had figured out the trickster part, I think, maybe. Because she know. never told him about the weeping woman, I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think she might have been like, oh, the weeping woman, you know, when she came out of Fisher's body, maybe. Like, when they were both at the lighthouse. But that's what I'm saying. Like, at the end of this book, so much shit is crammed into such a small amount of space yeah but yeah like you know he's everywhere suddenly like no that's stalker behavior first of all that's that should be your first um you know thought of like is this man following me everywhere like why does he keep showing up well she's all like i've never talked to a boy before oh look at his curly hair he's so beautiful and you're just like he's the devil then he ends up not being so and it's like oh yeah this once just this one time yeah yeah i was waiting for it is there something to be learned from this book that applies to daily life you know tradition isn't everything like one thing that i appreciate about this book is the way that everything was described like it felt like a very real place with real like type of people you know like mm-hmm. they are they're all like so set in their ways which is what makes them great but can also not necessarily be a good thing as much as Morella was a pain in the ass like I did kind of appreciate where she was coming from because these girls are so stuck in their tradition that like it's kind of sad that you start to see them kind of come alive at these balls which you know end up not being real but it just goes to show like how much they've been missing out on and it's not to say that they don't miss their sisters who have passed but this tradition of wearing black all year long and like those like really hardcore ways you know some sometimes change is a good thing maybe not one that's coming from your evil stepmother but like just something to think about you know what about you any lessons when a child tells you they see dead people believe them and if you don't believe them just know something is afoot if a kid tells you they're seeing ghosts or dead people so it was in the very beginning of the book when the younger sister verity is talking about the sister that had just died 
uh, she's telling Anna Lee, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting good sleep because she won't let me. She keeps bothering me. And you're just like, red flag, which it, it's still technically a red flag, but it's also a lesson. If some little kid is being a creepy creep creep and telling you they're seeing some creepy shit, you should probably trust that they are. I mean, if the sixth sense is anything to go by. <laughs> Like, yeah right I'd be like you're my new best friend you're gonna tell me every time we walk into a room if there's a ghost or not information I need to know which you know obviously like in real life kids have big imaginations and whatnot so it's not always true allegedly kids are much more open because they don't know how to wall themselves off they don't know how to create boundaries right, right away Right. They're encouraged to use their imagination and play and they're just very innocent. They're very open to things. And if you if you believe in that kind of thing, which you know, so it's like, yeah, Verity's talking about, oh yeah, so my dead sister won't leave me alone at night. I'd instantly be like, Okay, so I'm gonna come in your room with some holy water and some sage, and we're gonna hang out and we're gonna see if Big Sis shows up again. <laughs> like we're gonna get to the bottom of it. But that never that never really happened. Not to mention, oh my god, all the creepy, horrific drawings that Verity had. Right? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was another good part. Like Verity was one of the best. Yeah, Verity was also one of the best parts of this book because she was such a little creepy McCreepster. She's talking about her dead sisters won't leave her alone at night. She has this sketchbook where she horrifically sketches like all of her sister's horrific deaths that some of them, I don't even think she was born yet. And they're accurate. And so that's when Annalise kind of thinking, okay, wait, this isn't, this can't be, this can't be right. Like she was too young to remember that, or she wasn't even born for that. This is well, how does she know? And then blows it off, like, oh, that's weird. Oh well. Do you have a spicy snippet you'd like to share about this book? So even though we know Fisher now is has been dead this whole time, um, mm-hmm. and that it was like the crying woman who told her that like he had feelings for her and that she didn't reciprocate, and he's like, no, it's okay, it's fine, whatever. Um, I kind of felt like she didn't respond and like kind of did this like backup boyfriend kind of business you know obviously she's like I don't think of you that way whatever but then like kept trying to like comfort him and it just was like leave him alone you know he he probably needs time or whatever well and then there was there was one of the balls or a dinner or something that he and Camille were like dancing and flirting and stuff and it's like okay I mean you don't because it also said that Camille Annalie talks about like when they were kids Camille and she both had a crush on Fisher so then when Camille starts flirting with him and stuff which is also kind of fucked up on her end too but you know um because he made it clear that his number one choice was gonna be Annalie Annalie and then when Annalie rejected him, he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to flirt with Camille to make her jealous. And it's like, okay, I mean, they are young. It's childish. They're technically children, pretty much. But then Annalie's all, I'm not, I'm what? I'm not center of attention. And it's like, you don't get to do that. You do, stop making like, your blanket. 
yeah it was just this book kind of fucked with my mind a little bit because like when I wrote that down I wasn't thinking that he was dead the whole time but then it's like well no she did kind of like even she didn't know he was dead she still treated him the same mm-hmm. yeah she kind of treated him like a, a little bit of a, a blanket a security yeah. blanket I felt like but again she's a teenager so whatever uh, what are you gonna, um, what are you gonna do <laughs> exactly what was your uh, spicy snippet here's the thing I went I was gonna go into this I almost went in completely blind other than knowing it was a retelling of the 12 dancing princesses but this book actually popped up on my TikTok and Instagram quite a bit and everyone talked about how it was a horror book and um there were people saying oh my gosh don't read this at night in the dark by yourself oh my this was scary <laughs> your face this is like people who say Stranger Things is scary. Yeah, no. It's creepy. I mean, yeah, it's not it has, scary. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Stranger Things has some creepy moments, but it's not scary. Yeah, it just um, had like a very like gothic vibe to me. Oh, yes, for sure. I kind of am bummed that I saw those those <laughs> things saying that because then I kind of went into it thinking, oh, okay. And then nothing scary ever happened. No, I think the closest it got, which I, I'm going to give a shout out to, and I guess not a proper shout out because I didn't write her name down. Um, <laughs> The woman who recorded the audiobook. Oh, yes. Emily Lawrence. Okay. So shout out to Emily Lawrence who um, recorded the audio uh, for this book because reading it, I don't think I would have been as creeped out, but like she, she did a First of all, she did a really good job distinguishing the voices between the different characters. Yes, yeah. Even the even the Undertaker, who's like, "We the people of the salt," like when he was like a little more melancholy than normal. Yeah. Um, when she was reading the part where Annalie was like in the bathtub and like mm. her sister pulled her under, and there were like tentacles and stuff, she really like hyped up that scene with her voice, and I was like, "Ooh, this is this is kind of like creepy." Ooh, where's it where's this gonna go but then just as fast as it happens it's over and Camille's like yeah the shower bitch um so, <laughs> God, and Camille. then the other part like again on the the buffet scene with the, the turtle and like she and like she just intensified those parts so I think if I had read the physical book I may not have been as creeped out but I think yeah. her the way she read it added a spookier element to the story for sure she was great mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, I feel like we were raised on some pretty great horror franchises, Goosebumps and Fear Street, and then you you and Rachel scarred yourselves reading Lois Duncan books. So it's clearly, I don't know, we know scary stuff. We know scary stuff. Now, I'm sure if we were to go back now and read Goosebumps or Fear Street as adults, it wouldn't be as scary. But when we were younger that shit was terrifying oh yeah speed round who would you want to be besties with and why Verity, because like i was saying earlier she can see well they weren't actually ghosts but for a short time i believe that she could see ghosts so it's like yeah this would be really helpful to like walk around the house and yeah. make sure like, there's no ghosts around she also like you know, has a sketchbook, so she's, like, into drawing and stuff, which is cool. And she just seems pretty chill compared to the rest of the sisters. 
Like, yeah. I know she's six, but, like, she seems way more fun to hang out with than the rest of them. Agreed. Who would uh, you want to be besties with and why? I also went with Verity. Nice. <laughs> and and my read, I wrote down most chill. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Like, she, and if you think about it, she was literally going through horrific things according to her sketchbook seeing all these horrific things and she's just like yeah check out my sketchbook yeah you know no big just rolling with it like yeah she's standing right behind you why (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. I think she was just the most laid back and even though she was younger like she still seemed pretty mature hopefully she'll like block a lot of this out of her memory (laughs) hopefully she just forgets it's fine yeah who do you want to throat punch and why i mean for the most of the story i wanted to throat punch camille like she Uh, was so fucking annoying to me and then like at the end it's like was it annalise perception of her through the trickster or was she actually just like kind of a bitch the whole time i liked her at the end she grew on me at the end but yeah she's kind of annoying for a while uh what about you same girl I was I literally remember listening and then at one point I forget which scene but she starts going in like Meh. and I was like girl shut the fuck up no one wants to hear from you unless you're being mean to Morella yeah right no I like the parts where she's mean to Morella because I I had an inkling that Morella was not nice so I was like good good give it to her Camille tell her but then any other it's like any other time Camille talked it was like oh god please stop (laughs) well it was annoying because like you know she as long as she didn't die she was gonna inherit from the estate and like at some point she was just kind of like more into the balls and everything and then Annalise picking up the responsibility and she's like I just want to hang out in the lighthouse I don't want this I know right so it's like she made such a fuss about like being in charge of everything like I the oldest right now that could change yeah it's just uh, I don't know there is just something about her I was it was very annoying and I was like just shut up stop it throat punch for sure yeah who would you want on your side in a fight and why I put Cassius because even though we only knew him for like a full five minutes he really went in and like saved Verity from the house fire he was willing to go the extra mile to like help someone out at the end oh shit by the way uh cassius dies in the end (laughs) i forgot to mention that that's another thing where but this is you this is a duology there is another book i don't think he's dead or i got a problem i got a problem with it Uh oh oh here's my spice actually you know what this is my spicy snippet rewind okay we're in it um yeah, they meet for five minutes. They're like, oh my God, I love you. He saves her sister and then dies. And like, he vanishes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He just goes away. And I'm thinking like, oh, well, his mom's a god so or a goddess. So maybe she like zips up, zoomed him back up into like uh, Starland. And it's like, <laughs> you're going to come heal up here. And then when he's safe, and healed he'll go back to Annalie but no he died apparently his mom didn't give a shit because she stayed up in the clouds and then at the after it's like seven months or 11 months or I forgot how long it is like so many months later you catch up with the family 
you know, Annalie's working in the lighthouse and then like uh, the rebuilding some house or whatever. And then there's like a falling star and she wishes like, I wish Cassius was here. And then, and then he's there. Oh, well, I, I didn't get that. Too much shit was crammed into the end of this book to the point, like I had already checked out kind of. Yeah. Cause I, I will say like, I was driving to work when this part was going on, you know, I was like mostly paying attention. I was like, blah, blah, blah. It's the end of the book, whatever. So it's terrible, but <laughs> who cares? Like this part was happening <clears throat> and I just kept thinking like, wait, is this a dream? So I kept rewinding till I listened to this yeah. part like five times, I think. Cause I was like, wait, no, he is there. So wait, where was he that maybe the second book will go into it but it's like i'm not buying this i'm not buying this that he was dead and then like she had to be so like even more sad super sad salty girl was even more sad and salty than normal and then like she wishes on a star you're telling me that there were no other shooting stars before then this is the first one in like a few months and you're like i wish my my boyfriend was here and then he's there was he was he hanging out with his mom this whole time well, now I feel dumb because for whatever reason, when I was like vaguely listening to the end of the book, uh, I thought it was him telling her, don't wake up. So I thought she was dreaming, but I just, I looked in my physical copy and it's her thinking to herself, don't wake up. And it sees like, I'm really here. So that's my bad. But yeah, no, there's a second book. So obviously confusing. yeah, like he's not. Who would you want on your side in the fight and why? I put the trickster oh why not yeah i mean he knows what he's doing clearly yeah just fuck it up man just go for it he'll come up with some real wild vengeance why not you'll never be bored i know who would you cast for these characters and or assign characters zodiac signs based on vibe um so i i cast actors so for annalee i did lucy hale oh she's kind of got like that not like dark vibe but she just like i picture annalee as having like dark features and also being like very pretty without looking like sick and <laughs> lucy hale and then to counter her i put reggie john page mm-hmm. because one he is a beautiful man and then mm-hmm. two i feel like some of the things that cassius says he would be able to pull off without it coming off as like insincere or yeah. stupid sounding so not that yeah. the words are stupid sounding i'm just saying like very few men can talk like that and pull it off i mean listen you're my whole world after like three chats but then reggie jean page you're my whole world yeah no okay give it, give i am the, thank you give it the simon treatment from bridgerton right yeah did you cast characters or zodiac signs <laughs> i cast characters i feel like we always do the same thing yeah Okay, for Anna Lee, I went with a young Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, so she was in that show about chess. What is it? Queen's Gambit. I love that show. That everyone was obsessed with for a while. Nick watched. I didn't. I never. I just missed it. Oh, man. I bought a chess set because of that show. No, Not even going to lie. <laughs> everyone was like obsessed with it. She was also recently in that in a movie called The Menu, I yeah. think. Yeah, it was good. She was good in it. She's good in everything. I love her. I want to be her friend. Oh, it was really good. I like that. It was real fucked up. Yeah. It's like, this is pretty fucked up. All right. I like it. My kind of movie. And for Cassius, I went with Timothy Chalamet. 
I feel like both of them are very kind of ethereal looking gaunt yeah they they kind of have a haunted look they could both have like a haunted look about them yeah they could do the gothic melancholy vibes 100 percent. i could see that yeah like how you're like lucy hill you know she could do all this and just not look sick (laughs) pretty much unless it's the vibe they're going for i don't know yeah what reality show would these characters be on i put big brother they're kind of like in an isolated Ooh. area and things are happening but it's you you think at first like it's just the people in the house that you have to worry about yeah i never watched big brother like i hear about I it all the time i didn't either it's just <laughs> reality tv was on so it's just kind of like like i don't watch love island but i know what it's you know like people because talk about me. shows enough yeah it's like you just kind of know what things are about based on like in reality tv like when big brother came out like people couldn't shut up about it so oh, yeah well um, i'll have you know i made it to season five of love island uk all right nice. back on my love island bullshit <laughs> um what reality show did you put them on so i said ghost adventures okay but i feel like zach baggins it's a bit too goofy for their vibe so i think i'm gonna switch it to ghost hunters or dead files have you ever seen dead files i think uh, a few episodes it's really creepy sometimes which you know this book was creepy so basically there's a like a retired detective and a medium and so during the day the daylight hours he's running around going to like local libraries pulling up the history of the area and of the home so basically the homeowners or whoever's living in the home is having issues that they think are of a paranormal nature and usually it's it's pretty bad so -hmm. then they call in the dead files comes over and it's the detect the retired detective during the day goes through and looks up actual facts and information about the area and the home and then at night they clear the house like of all pictures and or anything so she doesn't get influenced and then a medium walks through the house and she tells them at the end of it the detective and the medium get together and they go over their findings and usually there's a creepy sketch and oh someone was murdered so yeah it's very creepy one night I fell asleep and it was on and my mom got really mad at me oh no we were we were in like the living room together and i was just i was staying over sleeping on the couch and she we were out there hanging out and the show was on and i fell asleep and she woke me up she's like actually actually do you fell asleep this show's scary oh no (laughs) so i could see i could definitely see them being on dead files absolutely that's what we think let's see what some other people think i've got some good reads reviews here we're gonna go high to low Starting with Scarlet, five stars. I am spooked, in love, and broken. Mm. All right. (laughs) Sarah gave it five stars. This book has nearly every emotion humanly possible, and it was amazing. This was a fantastic book. I wish I could read it for the first time all over again. Corey gave it five stars. I feel like I just read the YA version of Shutter Island and I am shook. I truly didn't know what was real and not real for a vast majority of this book. And honestly, I am still not 100% sure. I agree. Yeah. It's a bit of a mindfuck. Yeah. 
Chan gave it four stars. Barbie walked so this book could run. Uh, Barbie has a retelling of the Twelve Dancing Princesses. Oh, I'm not it's surprised. Like, yeah, it's like a little That's movie. Cool. Jessica gave it four stars. Uh, there's definitely going to be nightmares. How come no one told me this would be so creepy? Wow, I'm such a wimp. LOL. Sarah gave it three stars. Eerie, fun universe and plot with a strong start to the novel. I was much less interested as the book went on, but it was pretty good overall. Yeah. That's fair. Bumble gave it three stars. Jesus Christ, that was intense and disturbing and very, very unexpected. I came in hoping for a magical fantasy about one of my favorite fairy tales and got this. (laughs) Fairy tale, swoon-worthy book, nightmare fuel. I mean, I guess it's a little dark. Yeah, it goes it, I mean, it's, it's pretty dark. Aqua gave it two stars. This book doesn't get that heterosexuality is not a personality trait. I think that might be referencing the, the girls did come off as boy crazy. Yeah, but, like as soon as they didn't have to be sad anymore, they're like, all right. Yeah, but back then you, you kind of were forced into marriage and all that. Yeah. Riley, two stars. Yikes lila gave it one star what the fuck was that ending see okay it wasn't not just us us. yeah janelle gave it one star why does a book have to sound like something i'd love only to hurt me like this (laughs) what i signed up for a gothic fairy tale retelling set by the sea what i got an overly predictable and messy amalgamation of books i didn't like from a decade ago big moment how many and what kind of phallic symbol would you rate this book uh i'm gonna give it three and a half lighthouses Ooh. okay okay it was um you know it was good i liked it it was a a fun romp fun spooky romp but um i just wish it would have like kind of stayed more on one theme and explored maybe like the gods aspect of things which it might in the second book um, and just like paced the story a little different. Yeah. But overall, I, I mean, I, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. There wasn't anything that I like hated about it other than like the pacing. Which, you know, whatever. <laughs> they seem cool. to have a problem with that with a lot of books, apparently. So you, so you had three and a half. You said three and a half. Yeah. Uh, what would, how many lighthouses would you give it? I'm going to give it 3.75 lighthouses. And I'm just going to say it had so much potential. Yeah, there's so much potential there and it just kind of fell a little flat but like I said the good parts were were great very well done and it just it it got knocked off by the pacing yeah all right I, I'm definitely gonna read the second book <laughs> yeah I probably will yeah and now it is time for the bi-weekly boner this week's boner is inspired by the source material tainted tentacle Mm. in a sentence morella let that trickster dude slip her his tainted tentacle and now there are going to be some problems <laughs> like demon creature babies and people dying yeah don't don't do it the tainted tentacle is not worth it sounds unpleasant boo to the tainted tentacle yeah no thanks pass hard pass hard pass that's the slimy sea serpent for this week. Let's move on to the question and poll. Okay, what should our question be? 
which sister was your favorite the author did do a good job of differentiating between the sisters they each had yeah you got to know all of them they were unique enough to where you knew which was which for the most part so yeah which was your favorite sister okay and the poll did you think this was scary (laughs) yes or no i think danny and i are gonna go with creepy yeah more creepy than scary but it's good i mean it doesn't make it bad no it was still really good like we said we're gonna read the second book all right it's good i feel good about it how do you feel i feel good and it's i made looked in the corner and saw that it was recording (laughs) i kept checking the whole time i know i was like i know it's recording but i just can't help but looking well thanks for doing it again with me sorry i messed it up the first time no you're good Join me back here in two weeks for our next read, Desperate Measures by Katie Robert. And And remember remember to fix fix each each other's crowns and don't don't let the dicks get you down. down. Toodles! Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or liking, subscribing, and following on whatever platform you're listening on. Not enough action for you? You can follow Turgid Tom's podcast on Instagram, like the Facebook page, or join the Goodreads group where you can chat with other listeners, lurk tawdry reviews, and get a heads up on what we're reading and drinking. If you have any suggestions or feedback, you can send it to turgidtomes at gmail.com. And last but not least, remember to fix each other's crowns and don't let the dicks get you down.